Welcome to Conversations with Z and Vindesh, a weekly discussion that explores common life challenges and offers practical solutions. Learn more at dharmamedia.com. That's D-H-A-R-M-A media.com. All right, welcome back, everyone, to this week's edition of Conversations. Z, we got this pretty interesting topic. We've been talking about reality, and today's topic is rooted in reality. And you've got this theory that we've been exploring, which I want to flesh out a little bit. It's an idea that we're at a point where people are sick. We see this physically, we see this mentally, we see this in road rage and violence ticking up around the world in polarization. So there's just this underlying, what's the right word, maybe underlying stress that people are dealing with. There's something that's that's really hampering our ability to function, and it's affecting our health, it's affecting the way that we relate to one another. And even if not everyone is sick, just being around sick people makes you sick, so this has broader implications. Uh, this sort of disease, this mental state, has the ability to to spread like corona. And if that happens, then eventually it creates big problems. Even if we're trying to get out of this and get away from it, it's kind of like, where do we go to run and hide and escape from all of this madness? And the reason that we were talking about uh, in terms of why we're in this condition, so what is making people sick, it gets back to reality. And we've been talking about how if there is a gap between your understanding of the world and reality, it takes a huge amount of effort to sustain that. If you're seeing something in front of you, you take a simple example, you look at the sky, sky is blue. If you're trying to convince someone that it's not blue, it's actually red, and you go through all these convoluted explanations and say, no, it's just an exception, it's because of the position of the moon and the sun or some optical illusion, it becomes harder and harder to maintain that point of view, and that causes a lot of stress. So that's a simple example, but we see this more broadly. We see this in financial markets. In fact, I was talking to someone yesterday who was saying, that they're unhappy with the recent decline in the market because they've lost money and they have less than the most money that they ever had. <laughs> so they had the most money they ever had in December and now the market is down and they have less than that amount. And I said, well, what about the last five years? You've done really well. You've gone uh, from a few hundred thousand dollars to more than a million dollars. So aren't you happy about that? No, I'm not happy about that because I'm still down versus where I was just six months ago. And it's like, okay, I can't help you. That's a mental problem. That's not a financial problem. That's a, a refusal to accept that markets move up and they move down. And there's nothing you can do about it. And if you're always hoping that things are going to be in your favor 100% of the time, you're out of your damn mind and you should go and get psychological help. That's one example. We talked about what's happening with this mass shooting that we saw where this kid came out and he was talking about replacement theory. And uh, this, uh, uh, for those who aren't familiar, uh, there was a shooting in New York uh, where uh, someone came out, white kid, shot up uh, in the area, was targeting black people, and did it because of replacement theory. Replacement theory basically says that we have all these immigrants coming in and there is some deep state plan to get rid of white people and replace them with immigrants. And he wrote this manifesto and he said, I've been paying attention to this. I've been following the news. I've been listening to, uh, to right-leaning news channels. And they've been telling me about replacement theory. So I felt like I had to get up and do something about it for myself, for white people more generally. I had to take action. And as you said, Z, it's all very clearly articulated in this manifesto that he wrote. But suddenly you've got all of these people who are part of these channels on on the right side, the conservative news stations, who are coming out and saying, no, we didn't say anything like that. That was never our point of view. And what they're saying now conflicts with reality. It conflicts with what we've seen. It conflicts with statements that this kid made. Uh, so that becomes a very convoluted explanation. I think we could... We could talk about this in a lot of different ways. Uh, fat is the new fit. That's an idea that we've talked about before. doesn't make a lot of sense. It's hard to say that you're fit if you're 50 or 100 pounds overweight and you have trouble moving around. But if there's enough impetus behind that and you talk to enough people who've got that point of view and you're afraid to disagree with it, 
now you have to convince yourself that being fat is actually fit and that takes a toll so this this disconnect between reality and our understanding of reality uh, can lead to a lot of stress it can lead to health problems it can lead to psychological problems and as you're saying, Z, it might explain a lot of what's going on in today's world. I want to get your perspective on this. So I've provided some sketch. I mean, my my simplistic understanding of what we've been talking about. But take us a little bit deeper. Talk, talk to us about this disconnect between what actually is and our perception of reality. Well, Vin, um, one of the things that, that, that I'm observing is there's a basic primalcy. I mean, what I mean by that is underneath all of our civility and all of the garmenting of civility, the draping of it, we are animals. Um, science refers to, or modern science refers to us as homo sapiens, right? Upright thinking one, right? But we're still animals. We're still a few genetic markers below a gorilla, many genetic genetic markers below a dolphin, a few above a chicken and a chimpanzee. And so there are things that we can learn from the animal kingdom. Something I think about right away when we test medicines, for example, you have what's known as a placebo effect in human beings. That if you tell them something, that they're taking a remedy, they tend to get better. Or if that person doubts it will work, no matter what you give them will not have the effect you thought or that you're triggering. That's called nocebo. So placebo means to please. Nocebo means not to please. And being pleased is based on your interaction with reality. When you test medications on animals, it either works or it doesn't because the animal lives in the present. It is not subject to the same frequencies or volumes of anxiety, although domestic animals will act like their owners. So if the owner is anxious and skitterish, the dog or cat will be, or your bird will be all screwed up. So humans can screw up their domesticated animals. That's thus domesticated, the idea of that within my domicile. So we can make everybody around us that lives under our roof crazy. So whenever you see a crazy kid or something like that, even if they have the nicest parents in the world, there was something that was going on that supported the instability of that child based on their temperament, maybe chemical or even maybe could be in some physiological issues, but they can be amplified or nullified based on the way you manage their domestication because we're animals. So we think about what's going on now and the web that we've wove that has taken so many of us out of reality that we're starting to see a general social illness. And I'll cover a few things for us, opt out, and, um, and, and we're going we're gonna to just play with it. So I start reading different articles just to try to understand where people are. You talked about the, another one of these race-based shootings. So people bought into the myth of race. The kid, in each case, the Dylan Roof case, where he went into the church, there's been a number of cases, they all state very clearly, we are right-wing, far-right conservative. We support uh, the Trump administration. Uh, the other guy was before Trump, but this guy says it. And we believe, based on what they're saying, that we need to go out and kill uh, all people of color Black people are soft targets because though the word is out, uh, the Black Lives Matter movement is not a terrorist organization. They're not at a range. They're not preparing. They're not wearing flak vest and preparing uh, to storm the Capitol or anything. Uh, again, they're just concerned with raising money and buying mansions, I guess, because they're not really affecting society in a way other than, hey, what's the most, what, what do Black Lives Matter do? They block traffic. That's what they do. They block traffic. What do they do, Jante? I think that's what they do, right? They block traffic. That's it. So they're not going to the rifle range. They're not buying military equipment. They're not trying to join the Azov Battalion in Ukraine or, or storm Mormon churches, white churches, Jewish synagogues, and kill people. 
So this this idea that this is a it's, there's a comparative left right is wrong. Left wing people, the way I thought I was meditating on what we say about the left. Okay, the left is irritating and annoying, and they want you to be lockstep with certain ideologies. The right wants to kill anybody that, that doesn't go along with their ideology. They weaponize, they're weaponized. So both sides, people don't like to see this, both sides I think are ugly in their extremes. I think that segueing through and handpicking what works for you and what does is the best way for all opt-outs to be. So me being a, a advocate of the Second Amendment and a vegetarian, I'm all for saving the planet, but don't take my gun because I don't trust government. I do not trust government, whether it's left, right. I do not trust people in government. Just to put that out there as we're making this conversation for those from here to me, I think that people in government, based on my research, anybody who would be a part of that is either a sociopath or a psychopath. So the government has failed. The judiciary system has failed. And the momentum of the girth of this country is keeping it going. Um, so that's just to get that out of the way. So now I want to talk about, you know, so you can get a sense of where I'm coming from. I don't want you to agree with me. I just want you to know that, hey, this is what this guy's underlying kind of uh, schema is, and this is why he's talking like this. So when we talk about reality, reality is what's in front of you. In Taoism, they say, how do you find the Tao? Is observe nature. Observe the workings of nature. What does science say? Physics is the study of natural phenomena. And recently I've been reading some things in Sikhism, and they have something called hukam, which basically means reality. And I've really been moved by that. I talked to you about it the other day, Vin. Really been moved by that, that, that way that they describe it. Is it what's in front of you is reality. What you think about in your head, based on past things you think about the future, that's not reality. It is not reality. It is your embellishment of the past or present. Then you paint that onto the moment, which obscures reality. And it could be, it could work for you. That's how we've come up with different inventions, it is based on something in the past. We had a, we felt the longing for something. We want to improve that. So we invent things. So I think that's where anxiety is healthy um, in that small portion uh, of, of anxiety is good for you. But when it gets out of proportion, when you no longer hear any more, it is not sustainable, it is not um, palatable, it is not agreeable, and we want to, those who opt out, we want to be in reality. If you look at the violence of the day, you see that people are killing people because they're anticipating something they've been told on the news. The people that are spouting this stuff out, interesting enough, they, they dispatch any responsibility, which is another reason to not have faith in these so-called trusted sources, because they won't, take, they won't fall on their sword. I would have feel better if people are willing to fall on their sword for whatever they believe, take full responsibility for what they've called an action to. That's, that's just me. Now, we look at uh, another a piece of this is where I was reading an article on a relationship counseling. And they were sharing that when they go into counseling, they would ask a couple to say something to one another. They asked the man to say something to the woman, the woman to say something to the man. And more times than not, regrettably on the female side, she would come back and say, well, he said such and such. And it wasn't what he said, it's what she embellished and what she kind of uh, built what he was saying on what she was feeling. So if he said, at the end of the day, I'm often tired and hungry and I need a moment to um, kind of just decompress. And the woman would say, well, he said that I don't give him space and I don't cook for him. That's, that's not what he said. That's not what he said. I'm not saying all women say that. But this is what these counselors are coming to a general consensus saying this is a very common phenomenon that people aren't able to hear what other people say because they're living in a constant state of past and present or anxiety. 
So that's creating hostility. As an animal, as a homo sapien, like a dog or cat or ape or whatever, this constant disruption of our reality creates a, an anxiety that puts us into a fight or flight or unstable sensation in our body where we feel set upon. So we tend to be more angry. We tend to, our immune system to, tends to work harder, thus being exhausted more. That exhausted immune system, again, re-triggers the fight or flight response in the body. So we tend to be more hair-triggered in our temperament, our response, and we tend not to access the higher intellect or the prefrontal cortex as much as we would if we were not in that state. I heard another thing that was so bizarre to me, you told me you couldn't even cope with it. I didn't even know that there was something called heterophobia. So this is where we're at now. So that's people that don't like heterosexuals. But the way that they defined it was even more bizarre. They said that uh, trans men don't like to date trans women and trans women don't want to date trans men. So basically they count, they, they've canceled out homosexuality in their mind and created a whole nother, uh, somebody got to help me with this because it, it's beyond, uh, Jante, you hang out with a lot of transvestites. Uh, can you explain, Jante, I need your help here because that's his thing. So I, I don't understand, I mean, it's so hard for my mind to weave it. I feel like one of those dolphins stuck in a fisherman's net. Caitlin and them, they're laughing at me because we're, I'm a dinosaur. So I just, you, you understand, what is the mentality? So you want social acceptance uh, to an extreme. You want these things taught in schools. Uh, blah, 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 but yet the very thing you say you hate, you are. Jante, can you just help me unravel this? Yeah, yeah just please, Jante, because he knows all about the, 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 the GTO, LB, whatever. Jante's up on all this. Please help me understand. Help us. Help us opt out of this. Because what we're really doing is opting out of this. This is for the opt-outs and for all my homies. You know what I'm talking about. You guys are going through. Okay, Jante's going to help everybody understand this. He's an expert. I don't know about that. Okay. <laughs> Can I just hold it? Is yes, that fine? Just go for it. Um, all right, so trans women don't want to date. That, that's what you read, right? Yeah. Um, so... Unfortunately, you have to look at this through their lens. In their lens, right. in order to understand it, uh, a trans woman is not a trans woman. A trans woman is a woman. Full stop. Same with the men. So Please don't do that. This is more confusing. It's, it is what it's not. You just said a car is not a car. Caitlin gets what I'm saying. Because you guys are screwed up. Okay? <laughs> so uh, I, 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 I'm just putting it out there for all of us who are opting out. That, don't try to understand everything. No, no, keep going, Jante. I just need to put that out. He just said it is and it is not. What it isn't, it is. So let's keep going. Keep going, Jante. But I just wanted to give clarity to our audience. So through that lens, there is no... Um, homosexual relationship between the two. A trans woman who is not attracted to a trans man is a woman who is not attracted to men. It is a woman that is attracted to women. So she would technically be a trans... Lesbian? Correct. Trans woman lesbian. Okay, can I get some ice water just to put on my brain? I'm, I'm going to take the mic with you. Okay, I hope that our audience, um, I don't know, I need your help for a minute, Vin. It was so confusing what he just said. Uh, I feel like um, I'm, I'm losing my take on the English language. They've separated gender and sexuality, essentially. It's the simple, simple Now, Caitlin is nodding her head, yeah, yeah, like it makes sense to her. It, does. it doesn't make sense it to does. her. I do, I understand. Repeat it. Repeat it then, Caitlin. Repeat what Jante said and make sense don't, of that. Don't, don't. I 
dare you. I dare you to make this make any kind of damn sense. Here. Here, go. Go for it. Um, okay, so, oh shoot. All right, so what I heard is that um, when a trans woman, uh, you know, when, when they transition and they are now a woman, they don't, they only identify as a woman. So it doesn't matter what are they, they were. The, dude, the, the woman that turns into a dude says? Yeah. Wait, what? So what's the problem? The problem is now they they Why still they have their own transfer transfer. It's it's not that they won't. It's just that they also have their own perspective of like what they're attracted to. And but if they say they don't want to be with that because they find out that they they transfer transfer was transferred and they just don't like them because of that. Is that what the problem. article yeah, said? That, that's what that's what it is. Uh, is it what trans don't what? Trans dude don't like trans girl. Okay. Trans girl don't like trans dude. Okay. That's what I'm saying. That makes no sense. Okay, I'm sorry. I, I didn't want to get... Yeah. Is he thinking of it like this? I'll, I'll break it down in, in a way that you can understand. Okay. You remember that Chappelle skit where he played the KKK guy? Right. <laughs> like he was the head of the KKK. Right. And he hated all black people. It's like that. Yeah, that's... That's basically what it is. Yeah, that's still messed up. It's still messed up. Okay, well, there that are, there, there are heterosexual men who like trans women, but they're gay men. That's a gay man that that wants a man that looks like a girl. They we've always had that. That's a, there are guys who like uh, transvestite. There's dudes that like uh, women dudes in in size 15 high heels. That's always been around. You guys have just given it colorful labels, and we're not. We're I'm all for humans. Period. I don't think, this is for us opt-outs, our take on this, your sexual life and your religion Definitely are personal. <laughs> and, in the, and, and until I'm in that closer intimate circle, I don't care, I don't want to know. The average person, I don't want to know what they're doing anyway. You know what I mean? That's just me. Yeah, straight guy say some wild shit. Yeah, yeah. So I don't really want to know... I'm creeped out by just regular dudes telling me, dude, I don't want to know that about you, okay? So that's our take. It's maybe prehistoric, but I'm rooting it in reality right here, what's in front of me without the intervention of technology and everything else. What's in front of me? And that's what we want to talk to people about. Our reality is what's in front of you. Even when you're in the midst of a lot of uh, family stress, a lot of it is based on not being present in reality. We're going through something in our own home. My, my, my father-in-law passed away. My, my mother-in-law and my wife have never really had a, a, a catastrophic loss to that degree, and they're having hell dealing with it. Um, I, on the other hand, have been through many losses in my life, so I tend to manage things a different way, and every day I look out, here is the reality of now. Whatever happened in the past or what's going to happen, we have no sway over it. So I try to really work on being present and embracing the grief and so forth. But, but if you dwell too much outside of reality, you're taking into the illusionary world, the maya, as we say in Hinduism and in certain forms of Buddhism. We're, we're, we're caught up in the illusion of existence, which is a dreamscape. And nowadays, it's a hellscape um, when we see a lot of these things going on. So for us who are trying to opt out, it's so important to do exercises of displacing yourself from the anxiety world. Be careful when you watch the news and you read the Internet. And be even more careful when you're around people who take rigid sides because they can't think anymore. And someone, I was talking to someone the other day, and the minute you say a certain word, they would go off the chain because they hated uh, the, the, the liberals or the, the Republicans so much that they couldn't think anymore. So a very nice person gets angry and mean, not because of the reality of the moment, because of their illusion of what's happening. And so we want to live in the real world. For those who opt out, we want to accept what's going on, even accept our own 
tendencies, our own temperament, our own maybe generational stylings so that we can navigate through this and not be subject to the things that trigger the negative primalcy that it can trigger. Uh, we hear about uh, these shootings and, and there should be no surprise to people that are this, this kind of violence. I am not surprised. I'm actually surprised that there's not more of it, right? Well, there's a lot. They said that many of them don't get reported until they reach a certain level of newsworthiness um, because there's a lot more going on. Uh, there's a lot of people preparing for disaster. They're preparing for hordes of people coming in. It happened during Hurricane Katrina. You remember the people were trying to get out into a safer area, crossing a bridge, and the neighbors on the other side of the bridge set up a barricade and just started shooting everyone on the bridge for fear that uh, these people would come and, and do things to them. So they committed murder. This isn't the first time. HG, when, when, when they did a War of the Worlds, One Worlds did the radio show, people were killing their neighbors doing all that because they thought Martians were coming to get them. Uh, it's really a, a big leap. Think about it. This guy could do a radio show. Why do you naturally assume that anybody coming from somewhere else will kill you? Do you deserve to be killed? Have you done that to other people? Is there a reason that you would think that any type of a visitor from another place has hostile intent? Does every immigrant coming over want to do harm to you? You see, it's the same thing as, 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 as thinking Martians will invade. Why? Because I think there is a generational message and guilt that you know what you did to other people. Maybe your ancestors or your forefathers had some system of apartheid or exploitation that you have been told and in the math of your mind you think that, hey, revenge is coming. Revenge is coming. When those cops always say, they stop people, they chase you, they do all this, they pull you over for a broken light and walk up to the car and say, I fear for my life. I've never walked towards something I'm afraid of. I've never walked towards something I'm uncomfortable with that would put me in danger. There was no, so you want to think about the mindset of people that's already fragile and then it's being pumped and pumped up with this kind of imminent sense of threat and doom. But what is their reality? Well, most Americans are clinically obese, so nobody's hungry. So nobody's coming to steal your food. Um, gas prices, home prices are, are, are off the charts, yet the vast majority of people are overfed and well-housed. So the most basic primal indicators of survival are okay. I mean, doom and gloom is on the horizon if you do the math, but today you're okay. Today is a good day. So what is it that's making us go further and further into this maya, into this fog, this illusion? Well, there's a lot of reasons. There's a lot of sources that are promoting it. And we want to be able to decipher that, to decrypt what's happening. How do we take care of our general well-being while we're being basically, through radio waves, being given LSD? And I don't mean that, I mean that cynically. I'm not that conspiracy theory. I'm not a, a foil hat conspiracy. But I do believe that if we just continue to absorb information without critical analysis, without having a, a jaded view of whatever's being told to us, we, we become subjects of this madness. I hear people every day, good people, have knee-jerk reactions to people for no reason, no real genuine experience. They've heard something, and this keeps going on. And then when you see the same people that they trust will never fall on their sword for what they believe. They'll bail out right away. They take no responsibility for saying, the sky is falling or the Martians are attacking. They take no responsibility for the, the, the effect. But maybe they shouldn't. Maybe it should be us as individuals that take full responsibility for our own behavior. That's what I look at. You follow what I'm saying, Ben? Yeah, your point about the aliens is interesting. 
uh, part of that might be guilt or whatever, as you're saying. I think part of it is also a worldview. And if your worldview is that the nature of people is to go and expand and take and appropriate and colonize, then, yeah, you're going to assume that someone who's got better technology and weapons is going to do the same thing. That's the only limit. I mean, that's the only thing keeping you safe if you're going out and you're abusing the rest of the world, uh, that either you're benefiting from from their goodwill or you've got some, some advantage in terms of weaponry, resources, and so forth. So, yeah, if you've got some aliens who are able to travel through time and space and have better technology, I, I get it. You probably assume that they're going to do the same thing. So I can see how it's interesting, Z, because this almost gets back to a, to a worldview. I mean, it's a philosophy that's been around for hundreds of years, kind of this part of it's a colonial mentality. Part of it is just this idea of more that more is always better. And we've talked about this before, uh, that whether you look at economics, you look at business, everything is measured by more. Are we making more money? Are profits up? Is GDP rising? And even though a lot of the economy is failing, and as you pointed out, people are struggling, as long as that top-line GDP number is good, uh, we're feeling pretty good. Or if the Dow Jones is up, we're, we're feeling pretty good. So it's kind of like this mindless drive we have to just keep on getting more and more and more. And that, to me, is a big source of stress. So maybe that's the first form of Maya, or maybe more of a foundational Maya, just this idea about life. What is life and what are we here to do? And I think a lot of times we, we get it mixed up. Uh, we're here really to live, as we've talked about, uh, to do things that inspire other people, uh, that uh, help develop our own skills, help us connect to other people, build relationships. We can be artistic. We can be creative. We can be all of that. And if you think about it in those terms, then money and resources is just a means to an end. It's kind of like, let's get the basics covered. Let's make sure we've got that food, we've got that shelter, and that's it. And now we can relax. We can go and do our thing. In fact, there were predictions about this decades ago, about how when we get to a certain level of technological advancement, people aren't going to have to work that much. They'll just be able to hang out. You'll have machines that do all the work. You'll be able to spend more time just relaxing, smoking weed, doing whatever the hell you want to do, but doing the things that provide more satisfaction. But instead, it's the opposite. It's almost like the work ethic has taken over and this ideology that we have, that we need to keep on doing more, we need to stay occupied, we need to keep on advancing for the sake of advancement. And even that advancement isn't isn't so well thought out because I'm not against advancement, but I, I do think you have to ask, what does advancement mean? How are you measuring that? How is it benefiting you? As opposed to just ticking off boxes or looking at, uh, looking at a graph and seeing some some arbitrary measure that you've come up with, keep on going higher and higher. Is that leading to a better quality of life? Is that leading to more peace of mind? Is that leading to better health, better happiness? But that to me is maybe not the original brainwashing, but maybe more of the brainwashing that's been around for a long time, that we're always striving for something else. And as we've talked about, if we're doing that, we're never satisfied with the present, with the here and now. We're never satisfied with what we have. And that's likely to take us out of the present, take us out of reality, Z, as you're saying, and start comparing ourselves to other people and start lamenting why we don't have what we need, start worrying about losing the things that we do have. And maybe that's a foundation of, of this anxiety. And then you're right, we build on that and we've just gotten, I don't even know how to describe it, honestly. I'm listening to what you're saying and I get what Jante and Caitlin are saying that, yeah, you take a certain perspective and you can explain this whole uh, situation where people are anti-hetero, but yet they are hetero <laughs> if you just go back to the original biology. Yeah, you can explain it if you dismiss biology, but that becomes hard, at least for me to do. Uh, now, maybe if you're more steep in it, and John Tancaylin, they're not a generation away, but maybe a decade away from me, and maybe they've grown up a little bit differently, they're more familiar with these ideas. But to me and you, it just sounds very foreign. I mean, it sounds so strange. It's kind of like, yeah, I can write down an equation. I, I can explain it, but it doesn't have any meaning. It, it doesn't resonate. It's it's uh, just an illusion. Uh, now, I will ask a question. I mean, I'm curious what, what Jante's perspective is, because we've been talking about stress, and we've been talking about how 
we've got ideas about reality versus reality. And if nature works one way and we decide to assume that nature works a different way or come up with our own set of rules, that's going to cause stress. I'm curious what you guys think. I mean, if we go back to that, that hetero argument, is that point of view something that you think creates stress, either for you or, or for some of the people in the community? The simple answer is yes. Uh, I, I see it creates dysfunction in my mind sometimes just being around people because of the labels and the mis don't misgender me and the my take on it is you don't know me we're not friends i'm not your family member if i misgender you who gives a fuck no, 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 no. help me out what does that mean what is misgender the kid that you were talking about earlier uh they them right so if you say call they them a he that's misgendering the pronouns yeah it's still confusing because when i say something is misaligned um misfortune but misgender yes okay right. uh, so yeah no the stress levels the stress levels are high um and then Ooh, you or them them Okay. Um, but then you also have trans people who are just like, look, I like what I like, leave me the fuck alone. It's that simple. Right. Uh, but they're echo chambers, and the echo chambers are only getting stronger. Mm. So, you know, I told my god sister the other night that I've kind of tuned out of all the activism on the internet because every single space are these activists who aren't willing to bleed for any of the stuff that they talk about. And what I want to say, now I'll speak loud. What I want to say, okay, is here's another thing is, is, is malnarrative to me is a problem. To be an activist is doing something to tangibly, materially be doing something. There's a difference between an activist, an agitator, a propagandist, and a statesman, they're very different. So we're, we're misvocabulary in people. What would you say, Vin? We, we're using words that they, they don't even make sense. What, what, what you say doesn't even have validity anymore for the average one of us. What is an activist? That means you're doing something, you're actively doing something, but you're not, a, but they're talking about, they're called propagandists, activists. Right? This is the problem. So these echo chambers. I know so many people in queer spaces who, um, you know, I know so many people in queer spaces who are just cool. They chill. They're like Jody. What's a queer? In today's world, it's just a title. It's an overarching title for the... the for what? The alphabet community okay okay um, but they don't call themselves that do they i thought they had each mm -hmm. one had a letter okay okay the general term see i'm learning i'm not i'm not mad at anybody i'm not saying this i'm from a different era different generation you guys been around me i i'm very accepting of people because i have my own boundaries i don't have to i don't live with every kind of person but I can coexist with just about anybody that doesn't harass me, that doesn't tread on me. And, and so that's where the world that I would love us to live in, where we can peacefully coexist without infringing upon one another. And I would say people who are really into politics, for example, who are into the liberal, Democrat, binary uh, politics, I would explore other ways of... Uh, of kind of expressing yourself politically, consider being independent, consider being a libertarian, consider, I didn't say do it, I said consider it, read about it, understand some of the other ways that we can coexist that doesn't require me having to twist myself up for you and you having to contort yourself to my likings. And if, those who opt out, and for you who are lingering into one of the binary camps of Democrat, Republican, left, or right, I would say explore 
other systems of social governance that fit the opt-out style. I myself have found that the idea of the free market, of the live and let live, leave people alone, don't force your way on people, I found that to be the best way to be, but it's an isolated way. It's very few people think that way. I don't, I am not against people discriminating as long as it doesn't affect the general commons. And what I mean by that is if you have a religion or a lifestyle that discriminates against certain people, feel free to do that, but you shouldn't be in the military, you shouldn't be on a police department, you shouldn't be in healthcare. That's it. But you can do that anywhere else. And those who are in healthcare, in public service, in military service, should you should not allow people with biases, political or religious biases, that allow them to be engaged with the society as a whole because it undermines the society. It undermines the integrity. You shouldn't be a judge or a lawyer or, or, or anybody if you have views that some group is lesser than your group and you, you can't serve them in a healthy way that promotes the general sustainability and good of society. But in any other area, if you want to open up a store and you don't want uh, certain people coming, you don't want blacks or, 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 or yellow people or brown people to come in your store, I think that's great. Just announce it. That's it. There you go. I think that people of color should not shop or spend their resources or finances with people that wouldn't hire them or don't like them. It's real simple. You don't have to protest. You don't have to block traffic. Please don't block traffic. Because whatever you believe in, once you create more traffic for me, I'm against you. I don't care. I don't care if it's to save the babies. If you block traffic, I'm going to be anti-baby. Because this is this, I just want to live, I just want to just get through life. Now, if you can do it and don't block traffic and share your message with me, I might support you 100%. I might send you guns and money and milk, baby formula. But the minute you drop, drop you, you block traffic, I'm not your friend anymore. So we have to learn ways of sharing information without um, the imposition on people that maybe are just kind of trying to live their life. <clears throat> There's a great benefit to protest, to bring attention to things, but there's a place to do it. I think government offices, things like that, uh, or these uh, civic um, centers of, or, of, of the commons is a good place to protest and bring your issue up. I, I had friends that joined the fire department years ago when the fire department wouldn't hire people of color. They just wouldn't do it. So they had protests and things like that around civic centers that can, the money of the fire department brought the attention. They sued them in court now. Anybody who wants to be a fireman could be a fireman. Now, if it's a private fire department in, uh, in, in Naziville, then uh, as long as it's not getting uh, the tax and things, you, I'm not paying taxes for it, go for it. Just put a big sign up, this is Naziville, you're not welcome here. That's all good. So I want us to th rethink these things. And also, how do we not impose upon others? in our reality. How do you just live your life without imposing upon other people? And that idea of a free human being. And I know too that freedom isn't free. There's nothing people have gained without fighting and bloodshed. It's another thing when people, the reality of our world is that you will have more people like the Buffalo people, like all these. There's a lot of those people around. Go to any rifle range, any um, prepper conference, Soldier Fortune conference, if you haven't been there, I've been to many and I have tickets if you'd like to go, um, you won't see a lot of what's called liberal people there. You just won't, you just won't see it. Uh, liberals uh, just tend to be vocal and loud. And, and, and it's like a, just like a loud bird. Bap, bap, bap. That's kind of the thing. It's annoying, but it's not dangerous. The right wing is dangerous. Because there's a difference between liberal and left. And socially, you're pretty left wing. Leave people the fuck alone. Do what you do. You be cool with me. I'm cool with you. Uh, we have guns. 
know a lot of left-leaning people who are very well armed. Who are Second loud. Amendment folks. They're just not loud about it. Yeah, well, see, I, I think that that's there. That I, I, I hear you on that. I think I would call those people moderates. Yeah, or independent. I would, I would call them independents. Because you, you can't categorize those people. They're not... They're not, they don't want to move the homeless into your house. They don't want to force you to, they don't want to force bicycle trails on you and things like that. You know, those are the, that's what I call the left, the people that want to like force bicycle trails on you or allow the homeless to move into your parking lot, um, that kind of stuff. Right. You know, the right wing is just outright racist. We hate black people. Um, no matter how you spin it, uh, it comes out to be that and we want to kill them all and poison the water and stuff like that. So, uh, like I said, I opt out of both sides. I don't want anything to do with any of these people. Just, is there a path I can take that just keeps me away from all these folks? That's it. That's what, we're, that's what opt-outs are. You follow me, Vin? Yeah. Yeah, I'm listening to you. And it, one of the challenges we have, you think about the polarization, and people are pissed off. I was in the South uh, yesterday and this morning and talking to people who are nice enough, but they're annoyed. I mean, they're kind of annoyed at the agenda being jammed down their throats. So they're kind of annoyed with with the lies that they're getting from uh, from the media, from being forced to think a certain way or, again, ignore reality. So I was talking to someone today about the Hunter Biden laptop Nice guy. Uh, he drove me to the airport and we had a very friendly conversation. And then we got into politics and he wasn't attacking me by any means, but he started getting pretty riled up. And he was talking about Hunter Biden and the corruption. And he was just irritated because so much of that has been suppressed. So you talk about the anxiety that we're dealing with because we fail to own up to reality. The reality is that government officials are corrupt. The reality is that Hunter Biden was taking money from the Ukraine in exchange for favors. But because Joe Biden was running for president, no one was allowed to talk about that. That doesn't do anyone any good. That's not doing anyone any favors. That just pisses off a big part of the population and leads to more polarization. And then it forces the other side, it backs them into a corner because they're anti the first side. So because you're anti someone who's complaining about Hunter Biden, even if originally you thought the guy was corrupt or there was something suspicious about it, now suddenly you have to defend him just so you're not in the camp of the first person. And this keeps on pushing people farther and farther apart. And this refusal to own up to reality and push narratives that the people don't really believe in, that don't resonate. I think about the comment you made, if you're racist, just come out and say it. I agree with that. It's like if we tell people don't be racist, how is that going to work? How is that going to solve anything? I mean, either they're just not going to want to hang out with you. They're not going to want to hear it or they're going to choke their feelings down and eventually they'll explode or they're going to confuse themselves and come up with some complicated intellectual argument and they'll end up needing psychiatric help. The solution is leave them alone. I mean, if you want to teach them something, then interact with them, expose them to different viewpoints, uh, be willing to engage, be willing to listen. That's how you change people's minds. But when we force down a point of view that doesn't fit with someone's experience or doesn't fit with their background, that's when you get that conflict that we've been talking about. And I think you're right, Z. I mean, either that's going to manifest as stress or if it's not stress, it's anger. That's the other side of it. People just get more and more pissed off. And then we get the fights and the polarization and we get the violence we just get this very volatile, unstable society. Yeah, Vin, one of the challenges, too, for those of us who are trying to be in the more holistic reality. Reality is sustainable. It's holistic. It's, it's in line with the, the, the physics of our known universe. Outside of that is disturbances, congestion, disharmony, disease. You mentioned, like, for example, in politics, you know, I started researching the whole uh, Hunter Biden thing, and I wasn't really shocked by it, but more that what I look at is the way the different sides respond. So if you are conservative and right-leaning, it's a big deal for you. 
but Nixon wasn't a big deal. And this is what I, I, I want to say, and I was talking to somebody about this. There are tapes of Nixon negotiating uh, with the Vietnamese premier to extend the war so he could win the presidency. And people on the right say, that, well, that's not as bad as what Hunter Biden did. Yeah, but see, it, it, I don't know if it's that. Like this dude that I was talking to, I don't think he cared that much about the corruption itself. I think he cared about the fact that no one admitted it, that the media suppressed this entire narrative, that these fact-checking organizations came out and said that this is false. And then a few months later, after Biden's president, uh, the entire story changes. I think he was more pissed about the line. My point being is that the whole thing is dirty. That's my point. And, and if you didn't care with Nixon, why do you care now? Because we never stopped it. We never got in reality and said, if you want to have a mighty nation, it isn't about gunboat diplomacy. It's about making your nation, your region, your city, the best city in the world for you to live in and for your neighbors and friends and family with integrity. And that draws and attracts people so that you can build more. Or you can create refugee crises all, the all over the world, and those refugees will run to the place where there's no explosions, which is where the explosions came from. So they don't want to be where the bombs are landing. They want to be where the bombs are being launched from. So this is the problem. So what if people just did a reset and said, what is the reality? The reality is that the judicial system has failed and it is corrupt. The political system has failed and it is corrupt. The momentum of the beliefs of people in the nation is keeping it going, not the actual substance and quality of the nation. Gunboat diplomacy creates problems. Racial polarization creates problems for the common people and makes the oligarchs wealthy. That's that simple. That is the truth. That is reality. So if you are a so-called nationalist or patriot, why are you a nationalist or patriot? Is it because your country is great? Are you number one? Are you exceptional? Then you can't have sides because the worst and the best are all interconnected. They're all cousins. They're all sleeping together. So how do you make that thing better? What, is, what reality do you want? The reality we have now is people are sick. The nation is fractured. Almost 80% of the people that died of COVID were already sick. There's not going to be a needle or a vaccination coming that's going to change that. People have to change that. Gross obesity is unhealthy. No matter what entertainer or no matter how big you make panties, it's still unhealthy. We did not, we have not evolved past it. Yeah, there are different anthropomorphic body types, but humans tend to fall within a pretty narrow range of anthropomorphic modeling. You do have certain people that are huge, that like soccer players or, you know, there are these big people that are, are, are they, but they still have the same muscle to fat mass density. But when you get these problems like this and then you just start telling people you need to accept this as the, the what's the term they use? The new norm. The new, they have a terms like that. The new norm, it's not. Nature dictates the new normal. You don't dictate it through, uh, through yelling. Nature dictates it. So when we find ourselves confused, it's bizarre, it doesn't smell right, you can't put deodorant on that. Just accept that there is something rotten. That's reality. And then you can make really good decisions Again, as we start to look to regain our health, to navigate these difficult times, those who are free thinkers, independent thinkers, let us network with one another. Let us develop clear narratives that are based and rooted in reality, not in anxiety, not in Maya. Let us, and then reality isn't a static place. It's a dynamic place that's ever evolving. Let us try and stay in the, dynamic, the dynamicism uh, of reality. And we can be healthier and well. My dog in the fight is for us to have healthy lives, 
for all the years and days of our life. This stuff is causing mental health problems. Just trying to listen to what John Tay and Caitlin were explaining to me, I feel like I'm losing my mind. It, 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 I'm, I'm being pushed to the board bipolarism or, or schizophrenia. Something You have to almost be schizophrenic just to understand what they're talking about. That's not healthy. You can't survive being a schizophrenic because you'll go and you'll try and have conversations with lions and swim with sharks. That's what schizophrenics do. Or you'll get a mobile home and live under a bridge somewhere shouting at the new moon. You can't be productive socially. And you're going to be dependent on government to give you money and handouts to sustain you, which is not sustainable because you can't just keep printing money. Um, <clears throat> and those people working will eventually not want to pay $10 a gallon for gas to support the rest of society that is sick by their own choice. So let us really strive to stand in reality. Go out your door, walk through the park, breathe air, count your blessings, do an inventory of what you have today and now of the good in your life. Show gratitude at every station. Avoid the news. It is not the news. It is confirmation media. All these people are horrible propagandists. So that's the, that's the new income. That's the, it's like a new stream of income, like the internet was a new stream of income. Tech is a new stream of income. Influencer thing is a new stream of income. So too confirmation media that's keeping that other uh, kind of pseudo industry going. So let us take care and guard ourselves as they say in boxing, protect yourself at all times. And even as I try to listen to some of this stuff and hear it, I want to stay centered in reality so I understand the dreamscape or the hellscape that these people are living in while um, they're trying to make normalcy out of it and make sense of things that can't be made sense of. If you question or you wonder about things, sit quietly with nature and observe the workings of nature. It will answer all your questions. You follow me, Vin? Yeah, yeah, I follow you. I do feel that we've gotten away from trusting our own experience. We've talked about that visceral input, uh, just being able to trust our senses, uh, trust the way that we feel about things. And a lot of it maybe has to do with technology and these echo chambers we've been talking about. But I completely agree that if we get back to our own sense of reality, our sense of what we know what we can experience, what we can verify. If we are relying on other people, make sure those are trusted sources. We know where we're getting our information from. That's the way to live and have conviction in that point of view. I don't think that precludes listening to other points of view. In fact, I think to, to really understand what's going on, we should seek out those points of view. But I, I don't know exactly how to put this. I mean, it's a, it's a bit of a balance. We, we don't want to be swayed too easily uh, we don't want to be too dogmatic. We, we want to have firm convictions, but also be able to update when necessary. And, and if we can manage that, that balance, walk that path, that's probably the smoothest way to get through life. Yeah, Vin, what I always share with people is there's a little bit of truth even in deception. And so you want to proportion it out. I tend to, when I go through current events, I look at all sides. You can look at everything from Fox News all the way over to uh, whatever liberal HuffPost and CNN. And what I'm always fascinated with, and I, I think our opt-outs you'd be fascinated with, is, is the things that are left out of different news streams. What makes headlines on the right? What makes headlines on the left? And it's very fascinating. Um, and you get a real clear sense of there's no consensus on current events except as it pertains to guiding your audience to your outlet, right? So they have things that will appeal to right-wingers and then things that will appeal to left-wingers. And then you'll talk, you can talk to somebody and you can tell by what they haven't heard about what their leanings are. You didn't hear about this or you didn't hear about that. Why not? Well, I'm always looking at the news. Why well, actually know what news station you listen to? Because you didn't even hear 
that you know there was a, a this thing or that event that went on that was a, a, a pretty relevant event uh, it, it, for those who were involved and maybe even affecting all of us and we haven't heard about it. Why? Because you've heard about this other stuff 24-7 on and on and on one drum beat. So let's try and listen for the beat of a different drummer. And when we have cooked that all together, what I found, it comes back to, did you clean your house? So if you are a, you call yourself a, uh, a carbon-free, pro-planet Democrat, did you do everything you could do to make our world a better place? If you are a right-wing, conservative, anti-immigrant, anti-people of color person, what about the people in your group? Are they all okay? Are they looking after the children? Are they looking after, are they the best people they could be? Um, because oftentimes you'll find those people um, who have these uh, war cries, when the, when, the, when the lights are out, they're up, they're up to some pretty uh, horrible things. So let us all clean our own house. I would love for there to be a meeting of the minds of, of all the people who opt out, who, by the way, fall on every end of the political spectrum. Just focus on your side being healthy. Just do that part. You can't help the other side. It's like you hear these weird things where there'll be a liberal or conservative saying what the other side should do. That's like, uh, I'm at war with you and I'm telling you the best way to win the war. That I, I won't listen to you. That's like getting in the boxing ring and the guy says, you know what, Joe, when you get in there and fight me, I want you to throw more left hooks. That's what it sounds like when people say the liberals should do this or the conservatives do that and you're not on their side. It makes no friggin' sense. So let's stop doing that. You know, oh, Trump should do this. and tr No, Trump is doing just what Trump is doing. He's appealing to his base. Joe Biden is doing just what Joe Biden's doing. He's appealing to his base. But you know what's not happening? It's not making a better country. It's not making a better world. So, it's, so we're on our own, people. So let's step into reality. Let's get back to reality and live in that place and bear the, the seasons of reality, the spring and the winter. All right? Yeah, yeah, sounds good. And just one final thing, Aladzi, we didn't get into it much, but this idea of acceptance is really important. Because if we accept what is, I mean, one is observing what is, but if we accept that, a lot of the fighting that we do just disappears. We don't have to fight to make things fit whatever our own preferences are, our biases, our view of the world. We're just cool. Whatever happens, whatever it is, we're cool. And I think that's a way to, uh, to really live uh, – just a healthier existence where we don't have that, that constant mental churn. You know, Vin, I, I love that you're finishing on that and, and on, on the idea of acceptance. Um, and that's something for us as opt-outs. We really want to study it and practice acceptance. And with acceptance comes boundaries. During the Kofifi time, families have broken up because of the vaccines, right? They've broken up because they're, they're, some people question the vaccine. Other people have complete faith and um, um, they are completely compliant with the government. Whatever the government says, whatever's being shot on the media, they just do what they're told. And there are other people that say, I don't know, let me check it out. That's not the means they're against it. They just, they just don't have full faith in the government or in the media. And that's it. But it will cost you your family. So in order to save yourself from that battle, that's a big skirmish. Do you? Is it really worth it? Sometimes just watch what you say. You don't have to say everything to everybody. You know, you listen closely to people and see how they're attached to something. You don't have to step on their God. You don't have to tell them. You don't have to be like uh, the dog in the Wizard of Oz. You don't have to be like Toto and just go tell everybody that, that, that there's a little man behind the curtain that's really pulling all the strings. Sometimes you just let them believe in the Wizard of Oz. Just let them have it and love them for where you can love them. You know, I have uh, close people that are in religious cults. I have people that are foil hat conspiracy people I know. Um, I have all sorts of people I know and I accept them because you know what? I know me. I own me in my own reality and I sit in the middle of that so I can be a man outstanding in this field. 
hey, we all got it. And um, I live and let live. That's why I love Hinduism. There's thousands of gods. Pick a god you like, and, 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 then, and you're worshiping God. So now you fulfill the Christian, the Muslim, and the Jewish mandate, uh, but your god might be different than their god. And now you're not mad at anybody. So acceptance is an important thing in order for you to live in reality. All right, Vin? All right, Chief. Good catching up. And please, everybody, check in with us. Subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. We appreciate we're climbing up in terms of viewership. And what do you call it, Caitlin? Um, the, the, what it, Caitlin explains to me that more and more people are passing the word on and sharing this. And you guys are a unique demographic of people. What makes you unique is that you think for yourself. I don't expect people to agree with everything I say or to follow me around. This is a potluck. Everybody brings something, some flavorful dish, some nice offering, some new idea, some great talent. That is what opting out is about, is that you're an independent thinker, a person who worships the intellect, not one who follows anybody over the bridge or over the cliff. Okay, think about it. And if you're with me, that's great. But we also know all of us at some point will reach a fork in the road and say, hey, I'm going this way and you're going that way. But it's, it's been a great journey together. That's what an opt out is. Right. And that's how we work well together. That is the nature of things to go your way and then multiply the same way. When we teach our classes, I teach every teacher, every practitioner to be to transcend me, to be. Uh, in, in a way that you can keep your own temperament, your own style within the, the basic foundation of what we do. So you can go down another path. You have your own things that you do. I think that's beautiful. I don't have anybody uh, worshiping or, or idolizing or anything like that. I mean, a few people do, and that's okay. But uh, in general, that's not our mission. So we'll see you guys all next week. And Vin, give me a call later. Love, love this program we have. Peace. If you enjoyed the show, please consider leaving us a review on Podbean, iTunes, or your favorite podcasting app. Each five-star review helps us bring you more unique and insightful content. Learn more at dharmamedia.com. Peace.